Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. We go to work and when we're off, we whine about our day. We sip our cares away and you can do the same because you're in a safe place when you're whining with nurses. Hi. Welcome to... Whining. whining with nurses. <laughs> nurses. <laughs> Should we whine about that? <laughs> Did we do it? <laughs> I'm, I'm Sarah. Kat. Jinx, can't talk until I say your name. Cat. Instead of you owe me a soda, could you do you owe me a wine? Mm, mm-hmm. I will gladly give you a wine. Speaking of, what are you drinking? Uh, I've got this bottle of Epiphany Revelation over here. I don't really know what it is yet. Oh, 56% Syrah and 44% Grenache. What do you have oh, over there? You picked it perfectly, Syrah for Sarah. Um, <laughs> I, I just love that. I'm always going to call you Syrah. I have a Francis Ford Coppola Sauve Blanc 2021. Mm. It was actually a gift, uh, a gift for our family because our this woman, we have a woman who lives with us a uh, couple months, like, out of the year, she lives in Spain, the other part of the year. And uh, she fell recently in a parking lot and broke her, shattered her kneecap. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. So her sister came and like brought us like six bottles of wine as a thank you. So these are, this is one of the bottles. It's Wait, as a thank good. you for, you guys took care of her? Oh, yeah. Sorry. She's still here. She's staying um, with us for another three months because she had to have knee surgery. And then it's like a three-month recovery. Oh, wow. Oh, that's nice of you. Yeah. So we're, you know, help here. Here comes this pop. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) I like we needed like a champagne style. Yes. Well, it's good to be back. Good to see your face. It is so good to see you. I have missed this immensely and I I mean I just cannot say how excited I am to be back recording and chit-chatting about wine and nursing because they're the, like my two favorite things aside uh, from food yeah. and my family and children and traveling you know same here aside from like whitewater rafting and music and skiing and like friends time and family time and all that stuff those are also my other favorite things (laughs) glad we are on the same page um cheers to you cheers you know what i'm gonna do what oh beautiful oh um well okay it's been a while um you all remember us right we're nurses and we uh we drink wine and then we whine about nursing, and that's our podcast. And here we are. And, and we kind of terribly talk about the wine. But actually, I don't think you guys know this, but I worked very briefly at Region in the Barlow in Spastopol. Did oh, I yeah. tell you that? No, yeah, yeah I visited so, you there. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. But the, um, the everybody else doesn't know. That's true. So basically, they have like this wine wall, and you go in and you can hit these buttons on the wall and taste different amounts of all wines. There's, and they're from all really small production wineries um, around Sonoma County. What is on your wine glass? A llama. I thought it was a llama, but. (laughs) This is how I I, uh, differentiate my glass from other glasses. 
Okay. I always get the brown llama with the orange uh, sweater or whatever it is, blanket. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It usually is like on the bottom, right? They have like a little thing on the bottom of your glasses. So I have not seen one on the rim and the top and it's very cute and probably get thrown out of a wine tasting room. But this is why we're not there. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, so region is great, and that was really fun. I thought I would come out of the experience um, a little better at describing wine, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I just uh, am the same. Are you <laughs> better still, at drinking wine? I would say I'm probably still the same. Well, <laughs> you know what? You really did a lot of legwork and you put in you you put in the time and I'm really proud of you. You took this seriously. You got credentialed in your wine biz thing, my yes. job, and uh congrats. Thank you. It was fun. I'm glad you got to go and see me while I was still working there. It was kind of That place is cool. Yeah. They have so That's many different true. wines. And then you can just order food from the other places that are in mm-hmm. the little uh area and have it delivered to the to region. It's cool. Right. Yeah. It's like an endorsement for region. Hoping mm-hmm. to maybe partner with them, but we'll see. But that would be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. That would be. Um, yeah, so. Well, so we're catching up on this episode. We're filling all you guys in on what's been going on since our last recording, which was like at the start of COVID or kind of yeah. not the very beginning, the en- but the very end of December 2020. Oh, is that when it was? Yeah. Wow. It's been a while. For the past two years, years. basically. Yeah, Dang. A, a lot. So happened. what have you been up to, Sarah? Oh, not much. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know that's a lie. <laughs> so much. Um, we're not going to really talk about COVID this episode. Maybe we'll talk about it another episode. But um, let's see. I'm going to try and give you the quick and dirty on work life since then. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still at NICMA then, right? Um, working. No, yeah, because I was there during COVID a little bit until January 2021. That's when that was my last shift. You had just come back from maternity leave, right? In December uh, or January. Uh, it's so foggy. I don't. I don't remember you. Were you like per diem? Yeah, but I was working there a lot because okay. you were out. Um, oh, okay. Yes, it's coming back to me. It's all coming back. um so I was doing that a little bit and then I was at um I don't know if I've said the name of the hospital I was working at but the small hospital in wine country that I loved I was still working there um per diem I was living that per diem life and loving it and then um and then Ryan and I bought a place over here east of Sacramento closer to the river um and so I ended up getting a job that's closer to where I live now. And it was in a um, major hospital center. So it's at a trauma center that's in a a big city. And that was a huge change from the hospital I was at previously. I've worked at a place like that before, but it's been years. Um, And I tried to keep both jobs for a while. So the cardiology office, NICMA, closed, which I'll let you talk more about that if you want. Um, Mm -hmm. So that job was gone. So now I'm working at two hospitals at the new location and at the old location and I'm trying to make it make it work to like live and work in both places um and so but that was just stressful it was too hard I couldn't I couldn't keep up with both jobs and trying to even though it's minimum requirements trying to do that in the summer and do rafting on top of it which is my number one priority in the summer (laughs) (laughs) it was just too hard so I had to leave the small hospital um 
And I was in the float pool at this, you know, much larger hospital I'm working was working at, and I'm still there actually. Um, and I was per diem, and the float pool it's like was for the adult med surge units, and there are so many of them. I kept thinking like they'd sent me everywhere they could send me, and then what I would do you come mean in. There are so many. Sorry, I don't really know how a float pool works. I've never been floated yet. I haven't trained mm-hmm. in that yet. So, how, so do, how does the float pool work? At in this float pool, um, I could go to any adult med surge unit that's available. And even some that aren't like adult med surge units, which I'll tell you about. But so there's like a neuro unit, there's a like tele step down unit, there's a cardiology unit that's different from that tele step down unit. There's a bunch of just regular med surge. There's one that's ear, nose and throat specific. There's um, like a short term holding med surge unit that turned into a long term, like just a regular unit where all the patients are in bays instead of rooms with just curtains separating them. Kind of wild. Anyway, so there's all these different units. And every time I think I've gone to every unit they can send me to, I would show up for work. And it's like, oh, now you're going to this place. I'm like, oh, I hope <laughs> I like it there. I hope I can and do the you, thing they need me to do. <laughs> I'm sure you kicked ass. But like, so the float pool, basically, you can, you were hired to specifically work as a float nurse, which Explain what a float nurse is to people that don't do any medical work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it just means you're not assigned to one specific unit. I don't have a home base in the hospital. Um, and in my float pool, I was a daily float. And they have a couple different ways that you can do it. They have people who float for like three months at a time and rotate. Um, but I was a daily float. So I would show up for the day, not know which unit I was going to until I got there or I could look on the computer ahead of time, and usually I could find out a few minutes early. Anyway, and so then I, I show up, I find out where I'm going, I go there, I get report, and take care of those patients for the day. And it wasn't it wasn't common to go back to the same unit two days in a row. So you hardly ever got the same patients two days in a row. So, so. do you have to have a certain level of experience to do that? Because what if you've never worked in any of these, I guess, just med surge experience or what's yeah just med surge experience so if you're a brand new new grad nurse they actually have a more of a program for the float pool you can get hired um hired directly into the float pool and that's where they usually rotate people so you'll do three months on the neuro unit and three months on the trauma unit and three months on the renal transplant unit or whatever those are just examples and then you, I think you do that for one or two years. And then after that, you can either keep doing that. That's called like a stan float. And I don't know if that means standard or well, I don't know what that means. Anyway, <laughs> so you can keep doing that or you can go to daily floating. Um, so because at that point, you should have enough experience. You've been a nurse for a year or two and seen multiple units in the hospital. And so then you can float right. on a daily basis. I didn't do, you do like that. daily or? I do. I mean, there's definitely pros and cons, especially being in such a big hospital. Um, the pros are if you don't like your patient assignment, you're rarely going to get it twice in a row. So <laughs> you don't you don't have to worry about having that same patient that's like awful two days in a row. Um, right. You don't have to get involved in any unit politics that nobody ever asked me to join a committee. I don't mm. care whose vacation time or whatever the schedule priority. Mm. None of that mattered to me or didn't apply to me. Um yeah, so it was just kind of a minimal level of commitment to the hospital system. I could just show up, do my job, and leave, and I like that. 
The cons were you don't have a home base. So it's like you don't know who your team's going to be. There's a lot of value in that, knowing who the people are that you're working with every day and what their abilities are and who's going to like come help you when you need help and how to help someone else in the way that's you know meaningful to them. And you don't have that as a daily float. And it takes a long time to get to know people. So for the first six or seven months, I felt pretty lonely. It was just with all of those units, I wouldn't see the same face, you know, twice in a row. Um, and it would sometimes be months before I'd see the same person again, except this one other person in the float pool. Um, it was on, we, some, we ended up like scheduling ourselves at the same time by accident and people always mixed us up. Um, <laughs> and we really didn't look that much alike, but we, I, we both like just accepted it and liked it and called each other twins. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> that's kind I'm of working fun. with my twin tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so that gosh, was like my experience. friend. She was my friend. That, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> For a long time. Storygram Network. Hello. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm your host, Takeshi. And with me, I have Santos. And we take two pieces of media and we take a deep dive on them. Kind of. We just talk about it. Kind of. Hi, my name is Laura Lee. And this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? It's the intersection of possibility, where what-ifs and why-nots collide. Some on the cutting edge, others on the cutting room floor. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. I totally feel like, I mean, I understand how that would be lonely because it does take a while. I mean, a lot of what gets you through nursing because it can be a really hard job is the, are the relationships that you form. And so being a float nurse and not being able to form those friendships and relationships um, because you're not on a regular unit and you're regularly rotating, that just sounds, or are people kind of like mean to you or are they just really happy that you're there to help them? So they're really nice in general or what's your experience been? Yeah, it, the place that I'm working, you know, that I'm talking about, in general, people are really nice. There are some units that will give you the terrible assignment every time. Like they are not- notoriously give the float nurses the heavy assignment because they want their nurses to just have a break from it. And then uh, we all hate going there and then we complain. I haven't personally ever complained, but people have complained about certain units and then they try harder and then they fall back into their old habits. But in general, most units are just really happy to see you. Um, and appreciative and, and nice and offering help. That's how I got through it. You know, people would be like, oh, okay. So one of the things that was really hard about this job is that there it's, it's a massive place. Every unit is massive and their supply rooms are so big and there's so many supplies and they're different on every unit. And so I don't know how many minutes and hours and probably days of my life I spent staring at a cart full of supplies and wondering where like a three cc syringe is or whatever, you know, I'm just like staring, staring. I still do that at my job and I've been there for like five months like. Where is it again? I know it's like right over here somewhere. <laughs> I really depended on people oh, to come in. I would just wait. Sometimes people would come in and be like, what are you looking for? And they would go right to it. Or sometimes they wouldn't. They'd be like, yeah, our supply room's really big and I can't find things in here either. So. 
How big are we talking? So big. So big. That's <laughs> no, it's crazy. Our, ours is not very big, but mm-hmm. I don't. We're a big hospital, right? Aren't, aren't we compared to where you work? Uh, I don't know. You've been if to Sutter. I don't think it's as big as the place. The place that I'm working at, there's like 14 floors on one tower and there's like eight floors on another tower and then there's the other tower. There's like multiple towers oh. and oh. multiple units on each on each tower. It's okay. like a, I don't know how many beds that should know this. Many, many beds. <laughs> but um, it depends on the unit. So like the trauma unit, they use a lot of stuff. You know, they have like tons of stuff for wound care and burn care and whatever. They have a lot of septic patients. So there's just like mm. endless supplies and it's an entire giant room. And then some units just have a small, like the rehab has a small kind of closet type supply room. It makes sense now that you say that because med surge can cover a huge array of conditions mm-hmm. right versus like where i work labor and delivery which is just we only deal with the same things over and over so we don't need that much stuff yeah okay now it makes sense yeah you've got your standards like yeah. things you always use but yeah so l and d and you tell me about that and how'd you get there tell me about your journey cat so um back in the day way back no I have always loved labor and delivery. I've probably talked about this before. I wanted to become a nurse because it was the only thing I could think of to do that would get me around pregnant women and babies and birth. (laughs) Um, So, but I don't know. I was just way too scared to ever go into the hospital. Didn't think I had the, I don't know, the, I just didn't have the guts to do it really. It was intimidating. So, um, you know, I've done outpatient for all these years, almost seven years. And I ended up doing after NICMA shut down. So the cardiology office that we both worked at, they went bankrupt because they paid everyone during the fires of 2017 and never fully recovered from that and then couldn't catch up. Oh, is that why? I think that's why they went bankrupt. It's, (laughs) uh, At least what I've been telling people, I don't know. But, um, So anyway, so when they left, I, or when they closed down, I needed a new job and I got hired at this, the birthing center here Mm -hmm. and I did births for a while, but, um, I have anxiety and that was really hard for me to be on call for 24 hours because Mm -hmm. you never know when a birth's going to happen. So you have to do like 24 hour shifts on call Mm -hmm. and not knowing I, and I sleep with my daughter who's now two, Cora and Mm -hmm. Um, you know, not knowing if I was going to get called and if she was going to be upset that I left in the middle of the night and how long I was going to be gone. And she's going to wake up and be like, I told you not to leave again. I told you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One, she was talking like that. It was incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So, you know, it was a really good experience. It got me, it got, you know, birth on my resume so that when I applied to the hospital job, Mm-hmm. Um, they would accept me because they they always want you to have experience. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. hang on, just, just back up for a minute because the birthing yeah. center, I know we've talked about this before, but tell me like exactly what it is. Again, people go there and have birth? Or oh, what, yeah, sorry. Like- so if you want to give birth, there are different options. You can give birth in your house. You can do home birth. You can do unassisted, so just you and your partner. Uh, you could do a midwife and a doula. Or if you want like a, you don't want to go to the hospital, but you want kind of a little bit more care from a professional and some medical equipment, you can go into a birthing center. So 
ours looks like a house. So you go and it looks like you're giving birth in a bedroom and all of our supplies are kept in like a chest of drawers, like a dresser. Huh. Um, and you go and there's just the midwife, a certified nurse midwife. There's different types of midwives, but anyway, this is certified nurse midwife is a master's, has a master's degree. And um, then there's the midwife assistant, kind of like a, a medical assistant. Mm-hmm. And then there is the second. So they call us nurses the second. So like the second person assisting at the delivery. Okay. So they call the second. So the midwife, you would kind of come in when you're in pretty active labor. So we say that's like six centimeters and you're kind of huffing and puffing. And mm-hmm. then we'll admit you to the birthing center. And then you labor there for until you're ready to kind of start pushing. And then they'll call the second in um, to come in and help for the actual delivery part. But sometimes you think they're ready to push and then they push for three hours. So, Hmm. you know, I would go in and sometimes they deliver within five minutes and then the midwife and the assistant would leave and I would stay and do the whole recovery on the mom and the baby for four to six hours. Mm -hmm. Um, And it depended on their kind of history of how long they would stay. So I have to stay for four to six hours after, but then which is nice. It's not that long if they pushed for five minutes, like five minutes after I got there. But if it's three hours after I got there, it's like a really long night. And I don't know, which was fine. It was a really beautiful experience. It's candles. You can be in the bath or the shower. You can push in any position. It's just very different from the hospital, but has a lot more medical equipment and we can call 911 and we're all trained and we have some meds. And who who go? Is it for people who just want an uh, another option besides hospital delivery? Is that yeah, like? But you have to be like low risk, like so because mm-hmm. I'm a type one diabetic, I am kind of disqualified, mm-hmm. uh, and I've had a history of preeclampsia and other things, so I don't really qualify for like a birthing center. That would it's for low risk people that want to deliver without the option of epidural. You can mm-hmm. always once you're at the birthing center, you could like decide, never mind, I want an epidural and we can trans you can transfer to the hospital. So an ambulance would come pick you up and bring you to the hospital or you can drive. Okay. Um but oh. we don't have any pain management at the birthing center. So are there IVs have- and stuff? Are there other meds or so not at the birthing center. There's we could do IVs. So if you're vomiting a lot and getting really dehydrated, we might start an IV on you and give you some fluids. Um to help, but we didn't give you any, we don't have any pain medication. Mm-hmm. So, so it's just Zofran like for nausea or. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had like, we had Zofran. I am. Mm-hmm. It was all like injections. So the meds okay. that in the hospital, we normally do in an IV. It was all just injections because you very rarely did IVs at the birthing center. Huh. Okay. And some of the people that chose birthing centers had previous hospital trauma experiences, not necessarily in birth, but it could have been in anything. And they just really want to avoid and they're really triggered by any like IVs or people in really obvious medical garb and doctors and stuff, you know. So mm-hmm. we try to be, and honestly, you get the smell and the lights and all of that. Right. Can, yeah. Right. Be and, triggering. and birth it. Birth goes so much better when you're comfortable and you feel like you're at your house. So when you're in your own environment, your whole body can relax. Birth is kind of like sex. So like if you want to orgasm, you have to feel safe and comfortable. Right? Huh. So yeah. relax. Re- Don't right. Do it. <laughs> and you want to get to it. 
So I feel like the baby <laughs> gets out kind of the same way that it gets in. Like you have to be relaxed. You have to be in the right mindset. <laughs> but it's true. And so the just get, go right out that. from which you from whence you came. <laughs> go I out mean, the door really, you came you know, in. <laughs> in that sense too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh man. And so I learned so much about natural birth and uh, or an unmedicated birth and all these different positions you can do and not necessarily coached pushing you just kind of let the moms do what their body told them to do. And, hmm. you know, we'd intervene if necessary, if we really saw things were progressing or baby didn't was starting to decline or mom was declining, you know, we're constantly assessing and intervening as we need, but um, it's just a really good alternative if you, if that's something that you're looking for. So that was a really great experience. And I was taking a, a class called spinning with spinning babies. So you kind of, it, it takes basically positioning to help get the baby in the right position, <laughs> positioning of the mother to get the baby in the womb in the right position for birth. I'm sorry. You know what I was imagining is like <laughs> a bunch of tiny infants doing a spin class, like <laughs> soul cycle. I just sweat, imagined baby, a bunch sweat. of babies. <laughs> Now I can't get it ridiculous. out of my head. I'm imagining babies on their heads spinning like in uh oh what's that dance what like they're break dancing? Break dancing, thank you. I couldn't be break just spinning babies. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Anywho, so I ran into um a nurse that I that works at a hospital in labor and delivery. She worked there for like 15 years, and I happened to run into her at the spinning babies class. And all of her coworkers, and they were like, come work for us. <laughs> I'm never going to not laugh at spinning babies class. That's just, okay, sorry, continue. <laughs> it's a fantastic class. Um, <laughs> so it kind of put the idea in my head. I needed a new job. The birth birthing center was um, kind of decreasing clients for like three months, and I needed the money. And so I just took the plunge. I kind of shadowed for a shift so I could see what I was getting myself into before accepting the job. And then I took it and I basically, I'm very, I'm very proud of myself. I faced my fears of Hell the hospital. Yeah. Yay. Ooh. Good for you. I remember you cheers used to talk. To that. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I remember you used to say, no, I could never work in the hospital. I didn't, and right. you, yeah, I didn't realize it had been seven years that you were working outpatient before you went into the hospital. And it is, it can be intimidating, even once you've been in the hospital, moving to a new floor or, you know, location or leaving and coming back. Good for you. Yeah. You freaking did it, man. Thank you. I know it's, I'm proud of myself because even if I don't stay there long, because we're planning on moving, but anyhow, um, that I did it and, uh, I think I would have regretted living my life and never having done it, not knowing if I could have, right? So mm. I've proved to myself that I can do hard things and it's not as scary as I thought it was going to be. Yay. It's, yeah. You can do hard things. You do so many hard things. You do so you many do hard, hard things. things. You do you're, hard no, things. You're I just mean, amazing. <laughs> really? I mean, you're like managing diabetes for your life. You have a baby. You had your own baby. That's seriously the hardest thing I could think of. And you now I you had my now own you baby have to take care to of someone her. else's baby. <laughs> yeah, you you <laughs> went my ahead. own baby. You did the thing. You got pregnant. You carried her to 
full term yeah. and delivered the baby and now you have the baby and she's your responsibility <laughs> until she gets old enough to take care of herself. That's, yeah. I can't wait till cray, we talk cray. about labor and delivery because I'm so excited to hear all the things that you have to say <laughs> because I know it's like not your cup of tea. Like you've always been like, I have no interest in doing L&D. I know recently yeah. that might have changed, right? But like I'm, I that's going to be a fun conversation. <laughs> it will. Uh, just so everybody to tell you what that's about. I'm not doing L and D, but I did um, orient on postpartum and couplet care recently, and surprisingly love it. Um, and couplet care is mom and baby care. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. But that's actually not what I'm doing now. I recently. I don't even think I said this. Sorry. Let me just, were you, were you finished with your update? I don't mean to to interrupt it. Um, I actually recently got hired um, into a job that's in the town I live in. So the place that I was working, the the big hospital, um, it's, it's a long commute. It's like a 40 minute commute. um, And it's great. And I love it. And I'm still there. I'm per diem, but I only, you know, I'm only going to work my minimum requirements there now because I got this job in my hometown and it's in the ICU. So I'm changing specialties. This is the first time I'm working in an ICU and I just started. So I can't, don't have too much to say about it just yet, but um, I'm really excited about it. That's and at the fantastic. other job, I get to work postpartum now <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I mean, that's, that's really good. And we'll have some stuff to talk about with that. Um, mm-hmm. Are you going to be doing night shift in the ICU? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah. what you told me before. Okay. Yeah. And it's oh. eight hour shifts. Are you guys eight hour shifts too? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which is really nice. Yeah. It, that's new for me. And I was really scared about it because I've always worked 12s. Um, but this week I've done eights and I'm like, oh my gosh, the day's over. It just goes by so fast. I love it. Right. Yeah. How many uh, days a week are, are you a point what? Point seven. So I'm doing like seven me, days me within a two week period, basically. Yeah. Um. And it's, when do you switch to nights? Uh, in like four more weeks or five weeks, I think. Um, okay, so we can chat soon. Yeah. <laughs> so I just started night shift to fill everyone in. I started nights um, a couple weeks ago. So I'm still adjusting, but I really like it. I really like it. I know I was dreading it. I thought it was going to be the worst thing ever, and I actually love it. Yay. I love What night do you shift. like about it? I just Cat think that loves it's just... night shift. <laughs> <laughs> so... I think I'm not sure I would like it in another department, but I like it on L and D because it's it's just like a different vibe. So days, I got so used to days because I was on days for a long time or for four months, uh, five months almost, and uh, or four months. Anyway, um, so days is it's very hectic and busy, and everyone's there, and people are coming in and out, and nights it's like calm and mm-hmm. um, it's just it's just a different feel. And I like that, especially being an anxious person, (laughs) like having a kind of calmer environment is really nice. It just feels very good to my soul. (laughs) I like that except for last night. Cause I, I have a really hard, I already have insomnia. So I I have a very hard time sleeping during the day when I know my daughter's up and playing and I want to be with her. Um, so like last night I was like almost nodding off. (laughs) I was like, it wasn't super busy. And I was like, Oh my God, I have to stay awake. And that was, that was really tough. But normally that's not the case. And it's, I'm like busy the whole night. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I really, I really like it. I'm excited. We can text like when we're on our lunch breaks at work in the middle of the night or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's going to be really fun. Keep well, each other awake when it's not busy. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm so glad that we have been able to catch up and are redoing this podcast. I, it's like a soul. It just feels so good to chat with you. Always feels good to chat with another nurse and talk totally. about it and, and then drink vino and have an excuse that oh, I'm recording tonight. Like I wanted to do a summer night, but now I just can't because, you know, I we have to. Have to. <laughs> we have to drink. Oh, we have How to. How is your wine, wine, by the way? We it's didn't delicious. even talk about it. We didn't, but you know what, people? We're going to record another episode. Um, and we're going to just talk about the wine on the next one. So you're going to have to listen in a week or two from now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be drinking a different one. So I'm going to say Tell now me. that the um, Coppola Diamond Collection Appalachian Series Whoa. beautiful label um, wine is fine. like oh this is most beautiful and it's going to be delicious and it's fine it's fine it's not it doesn't have a super complex mouthfeel i mean it's a white wine so it doesn't have a complex anything really it's um (laughs) i don't really taste notes of much it's just a a good white wine oh my goodness cat I'm really promoting this, and people are really going to want to um, sponsor us. So you know what? Bottle. It's fine. It's fine, and I okay with no, me just, to drink. I'll drink it. <laughs> oh no, totally. I mean, no, it's ac- it's actually a good sauvignon. I would drink this happily many, many times. Um, I'm kind of being silly. It's 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 not a it's a it's a great sauvignon. It tastes like a normal sauvignon. I I recommend it. Hooray. Mm-hmm. If you like, do you like white white wine? I do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yep. Do you whoa, whoa, whoa? Okay. I'll let all the wine. <laughs> I think we should end this now. <laughs> the wine's all starting right, to hit. Then you all check in with us next week or the week after, whenever. We'll see. Oh, great <laughs> to chat with you, Sarah. I'll talk to you soon. You Cheers. Too. Cheers. <laughs>